Hello and welcome to After Hours with Astrid and Mie. Today we're talking to the founders of On, the organic tampon brand, about smashing the taboos about periods. So, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having us. We're going to talk about all sorts of stuff today. Periods. Mainly. A lot, yeah. <laughs> Entrepreneurialship. And the stages that have happened so far to get you to this point. Amazing. So let's talk a little bit to start with about on. Where did the idea come from? So this goes right back to, well, actually the first story. So Nikki and I met at uni. We were put in the rooms literally next door to each other on our very first day. I was dreading going to uni. Absolutely hated it. So this is like 2010. Yeah. That night I saw Leah dance on a table. (laughs) <laughs> I decided that we were going to be friends. Perfect, yeah. So that was that. Which uni did you guys go to? Sussex. And what did you study? I did anthropology. Nice. I did development. Oh. So not business. <laughs> yeah. <at all. laughs> Far from it. So we were kind of joined at the hip for three years, lived together, and then went off and did various bits and bobs. Nick's like travelled the world even more so than, than you did growing up. And I was traveling a little bit too but basically we come back together 2016 it was around yeah. christmas time catching up having a glass of wine is how good stories start nick starts her period goes upstairs unprepared as yeah. always yeah goes upstairs comes back down as quickly as she went up waving this pad around <laughs> like literally waving it in the air <laughs> i'd basically gone upstairs and needed something to use and was like looking through leah's drawers and trying to find the last pad that she had or a tampon yeah. found this pad and it was wrapped in fluorescent packaging with daisies and swirls on it and yeah. I was kind of used to that but then I opened it up and looked at the actual pad and it had light purple hearts yeah. on the pad yeah and I just got really angry like maybe it was the wine <laughs> but I just ran downstairs I was like why do we buy stuff that looks like this yeah why are there no other options for us uh-huh. like in everything else we buy we can buy ethically sustainably we combine to brands that we love mm. with something that's so intimate that we use every single month yeah there was one option yeah and that yeah. is cutesy let's pretend that it's not happening and actually let's make it like make it care bear like time yeah, yeah. yeah. Make, yeah. Them to make them look like sweets and you're kind of sat in the toilet in a public loo rustling like, who's the kid next door yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to come a whisper <laughs> it was a shit day <laughs> So that actually was an advert, wasn't it? The guy, like, going to reach for a sweet. He's like, can I have one of these? She's like, oh, no, that's a tampon. I'd have been like, no, eat it. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? That's the advert I want to (laughs) see. Go for it, babe. Bit chewy. I love this. We need to to bring out this advert. There's a new version of it. How good would that be? Oh, my God, I can see it now. So, okay. So that basically started a conversation yeah. around how we've got everything kind of to make us feel like 21st century women, mm-hmm. but tampons, something that happens every single month to kind of 50% of the population. You use 16,000 in the course of your lifetime. Yet wow. the products that you use look like sweets, look like they're wrapped and marketed for a five-year-old. Yeah. So we started having a chat about that, how we could create something that was a bit different. Mm-hmm. Then we started looking into how we would create those tampons. And then we realized that there were absolutely no regulations on tampons. Okay. I There's actually more regulations on hamster food than there are on tampons. So and we don't put that in our vaginas. I know. Yeah, I mean, not everyone. Not. <laughs> <laughs> so the disclosure regulations around tampons just don't exist, at least in Europe. Wow. Yeah. I think that was the turning point from us brainstorming and having all these brand and design ideas yeah to be like oh no this is something that we actually have to do any idea what mainstream tampon is made of cotton 
string and whisper as dreams I don't know like, <laughs> just like the shit they tell you like you roller skating <laughs> yeah. so because it's like a tiny little white innocent looking thing like, yeah. yeah it must be good for me it's causing no harm mm. so mainstream tampons viscose polyester rayon they bleach them to make them white plastic in the tampons themselves this string is glued in um mm. the bleaching process also leaves a byproduct of dioxin but no one knows this at no. all like and also and i'm pretty glued up on like mm, skin yeah. products and food and but no mm. i hadn't even considered like so one tampon takes longer to biodegrade than the lifetime of the person who used it. Well, the realisations around all the things that we didn't know, mm. and that was kind of the moment that we were like, actually, screw this. Everyone needs to know. Yeah. Especially, yeah. we were, you know, 27 years old. At that point, you think that you've kind of got the hang of your period yeah. and what products you're using. And for us to not know, that was a problem. Leah like, had already been using organic yeah. for period pains, and she got me onto organic. But we hadn't actually looked at what mainstream tampons were made of, the packaging, mm. everything around it. So organic for period pain. So I was using, so this doesn't work for everyone, but for me it helped massively. I think okay. my body must have been having a reaction to the toxins that are in mainstream products. And so lots of people make the change and go, oh, that really helped my period pains. Some people it doesn't, some people yeah. it does. It depends how your body reacts. So when I was about 15, mm. I had so such bad period pains like crippled over yeah and a family friend recommended to my mum that I started using organic no idea why so then I was using organic even up until we met and I yeah. other than period pain I was like I don't know they help with the pain this is why I'm going to use them so mm. I recommended them to Nikki so we we're both already using organic for yeah. different reasons but then it was yeah that realization mm. moment all the rest of it oh my mm. god it's pretty gross <laughs> it is gross <laughs> so you're here you come to this point where you've got your business, it's actually running, it's started, you're stocked places, you've achieved a lot in a short amount of time, which is amazing. But let's talk a little bit about the steps that have brought you to the point where you were like, do you know what? We're ready to start a business. I mean, I love that you guys obviously met a uni and you've got that existing relationship. How far do you think you'd have got on your own without each other? I can start this one. Okay. <laughs> in my kind of past experiences, I never thought that I would start a business mm. it was just not in my realm of thinking I was very set on having a career in development okay. I traveled around a lot as a kid because my parents jobs so that's what I wanted to do and I was mm. very driven still but in that specific sector talk to me a little bit about what development is is that like so international development I was studying politics oh, economics, wow. history but of basically countries outside of western Europe so mm-hmm. looking at all the different factors that affect poverty and development in terms of infrastructure and economies like and everything. real stuff yeah. like a real grown-up yeah, job yeah. right okay <laughs> like, yeah and wow but was, it sounds like you still had it in you that you wanted to make a difference I think that's the reason mm. that I wanted to go down that path was having traveled and having had a lot of experiences so I spent a lot of time in sub-Saharan Africa when I was growing up mm-hmm. and in Asia and I think I saw a lot that I really wanted to kind of dedicate my life to mm-hmm. working towards and so yeah I was really really driven in that and it wasn't mm. until me and Leah started talking about on that I had a kind of different idea of what I could do with my life mm. and we still have a CSR component to on which is school club Zambia yeah and I, I worked with the school club Zambia for six months so yeah. it was really important for me to bring that back into what we were doing of course but I think having Leah as an influence because she's always <laughs> been 
very entrepreneurial. Uh-huh. I think it had a really big impact on how I kind of saw that side of things. Bear in mind, we spent our entire kind of uni days, post-uni days, maybe like, oh, next, let's start a business. And Nikki going, absolutely no. <laughs> I was like, there's no chance. Not with anyone, never, not with you. Yeah, especially you. I was like, I'll never do it. <laughs> so did you have any other business plans that you kind of considered and dabbled in that didn't? Oh, so many. <laughs> like so what? many. I like weird and wonderful ideas. My first ever one, I was like, gondolas in Venice cost so much. At first, I went out there with a boyfriend when I was 19. I was like, this is ridiculous. We need to start a canoe club. <laughs> we need to have canoes that you can rent in Venice. So that was the first. Obviously, right. I didn't get off the ground. Yeah. I mean, I can see the, the, the thinking behind it. See an opportunity, you know. Yeah. There were, there were countless, I think at uni as well, me and a friend were like, there was such oh, yeah, a gap a in the market one. for late night food in Brighton on the beach. We're like, let's just go and set up. We'll start our own place. I think we. <laughs> I was the one at home being like, okay, good luck. <laughs> we did one night of like selling food on the beach. No one came. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of food was it? It was bolognese. Bolognese on the beach. <laughs> Brighton bolognese on the beach. I mean, I'm I quite... Yeah, we can Wasn't get it cold? licenses. Everything was, yeah, it was not in our favour <laughs> at all. <laughs> so eventually we got into... I also have a little cafe and event space down in Devon. Oh, amazing. So that was my last one. And before that, I was doing kind of brand and marketing for other startups. Mm-hmm. So it was vaguely in the right direction. And yeah. then it came to something that kind of we really, really fell in love with. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. So obviously the support from each other is key. Yeah, back to that question. Could yeah. you do it without without one another? Could you have done it without each other? I absolutely, hands down, there's no way I could have. Even with me going... You're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I just... It's really, really hard because I don't think I could have done it with anyone but Leah. Mm. I think the way we work together, the fact that we've been friends for so long, having that support is such an important piece of starting mm. a business. And you can definitely have it as a sole founder. Sure. But I think a first-time founder particularly, like, it is a really tough journey to take Mm. and for us like we can argue and then we can be back to being normal like a minute later and I think it's that ability to pick up and just not take anything personally and our friendship is really strong that we can like sisters basically like you can be as mean as you like but you know that you can't actually leave each other which is my work wife (laughs) so you said you've obviously moved around a lot so I'm going to stick in your area now so you seem to have started there yeah how come you were moving around so much when you were growing up so my dad used to work for the European Union. Okay. So he was posted to a new country every four years. Wow. Um, and sometimes three. So basically I haven't lived in either of my home countries. So I'm half Irish, half Danish. Mm-hmm. And I've just been traveling the whole time. So coming to uni in England was the first time I've ever lived in England. And I'd never been to Sussex before or Brighton. Yeah. And I just turned up, met Leah. And then that was that. So have you been in the UK longer than anywhere else now, I guess? I think over time, yeah, but I've done some traveling since uni and mm. I did my master's in Copenhagen. Mm. So I did my three years here and then I've come back now and I've been back for about a year, but still it's not, not that much time. So has that given you, I guess, when you're starting a business, you start thinking more globally. You are like a global citizen. That is a proper lame, wanky term, <laughs> but it's true. Like I literally don't know anyone that's moved every four years to a different country and actually like had a full experience of the culture there mm. and made friends mm. there. And I mean, do you speak loads of languages as well? Oh God, that's the really embarrassing bit. I don't. 
I think we just moved too much. Yeah, and were you um, put in international school? Exactly. Yeah. So was always in the international school, doing the same curriculum. Yeah. So that bit was always the same, but the whole three years in every place didn't learn too much to learning the local languages. Yeah, no, of course. Embarrassingly, no. <laughs> but I think for the business, the piece that's been really interesting is just becoming really adaptable mm-hmm. to change. So yeah. you can't get kind of hung up on things going wrong or things changing because they just do. Yeah. I think that's something that I probably learned from moving around a lot was not mm. getting attached to things too easily and just being able to pick up and go mm. and start again and make new friends and yes. that side of things. So another big thing, obviously, I know this is probably for both of you guys, was gaining funding. Mm. So it was a new idea, new concept, shaking stuff up. You're going to piss a lot of people off as well, which I guess companies are going to be quite cautious about. Do you think that was a factor in kind of gaining funding? The people were just like, this is different, we're scared. I think that initially that was the struggle, Mm. that it was different, people were scared. And also no one wanted to talk about periods. Yeah. And if you think the reality of the investment kind of financial world, it's all rich white guys in suits. Like middle-aged white guys wearing a suit that do not want to talk about vaginas. (laughs) And then every now and again, we drop the discharge. So it was really, really hard. So we've done two small rounds of fundraising now. The first one was incredibly hard. Did you change tactic to gain funding? Because I know that quite often they say, if you try the first round, that doesn't work, go a different angle. Was that something that you had to do? In our second round, we definitely did that. So originally our pitch deck, we kind of scaled down the brand piece mm-hmm. a little bit because of the fact that we we're pitching to mainly men. We didn't want to scare them. Yeah. And then... Like, oh, yeah. periods. Yeah. Oh. And we just weren't gaining the traction that we wanted or mm. with the people that we wanted. And we had a really great advisor who told us, look this is what you guys do really well. You're bold, you're feisty, you're Mm. really sassy. Like that has to shine through. Yeah. And if it scares the investor off, good, because then they're not the one for you. That's so true. And if they then see your deck and it's really bold and it's really out there, that means they'll be sticking with you through the rest of it. And they're going to love what you do and be passionately behind you, not just backing you because of sort of the financial upside. They're backing the brand and the vision just more so than anything else. That's really good yeah. advice. People yeah. invest in people, don't they? I mean, yeah. that's for, straight from Dragon's Den. <laughs> I'm like, so people it's invest so in people. I didn't like the product, but I like him. It was like, kind of like <laughs> but yeah, that, and yeah. especially if you're going to be working really closely with each other, as I said in my earlier little story, they need to know what they're getting, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so yeah. you're just kind of out there. Yeah. So you're the, you're the business-minded... And then you're the eternal optimist. <laughs> yes. Talk a little bit about that, about your optimistic family and how it's kind of rubbed off on you. So my dad is like crazily optimistic. He's, okay. he's the best person ever, by the way. Oh, I love what's his name? So much. Dave. Oh, Dave. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> Already love Dave. <laughs> he, is, he will laugh hysterically at his own jokes because he thinks, obviously he thinks they're hilarious. Right. Um, I grew up with no never being an answer. Mm-hmm. and kind of there was never a challenge that we couldn't hit because it's like of course you're gonna do it there was never a doubt in his mind that we couldn't achieve something like from the tiniest things like oh I really want to get a job and he'd be like yeah go get a job you can do it and I'd be like I'm 12 <laughs> <laughs> in the countryside yeah. he'd be like, yeah do it and I got a job but right. kind of those tiny tiny little things I remember I was about 14 maybe living in the countryside but I desperately wanted one of those static bikes is it like yeah. um, like a spin bike and I was like, Dad, you need to take me to a dump. 
so I can find <laughs> so I can find static bikes. Is that the first place your head went? Yeah, I, I didn't that. have any money. Yeah. So I was like, how am I gonna afford a, a bike that costs hundreds of pounds? I'm 14, I need to go to a dump. <laughs> so Genius. I, yeah. And dad's like, Yeah, that's a great idea. Mum, obviously, is like, what are you guys talking about? This is the worst <laughs> idea you have ever come up with. You're gonna drive for 20 minutes, a 40-minute round trip, to find a bike that isn't gonna be there. And dad was like, Yeah, we got this. And I was like, Yeah, let's go. We get there, and there was a bike. Okay, it was it needed a lot of duct tape. <laughs> it was super broken. But I think kind of that his vibes definitely rub mm. up on me. Yeah. Almost to the point that I think Nikki gets scared. Definitely. Almost too much optimism. Yeah, but I don't think you can have too much optimism. And I, I also think if you put it out there and you can see it and you can believe it, then you will manifest that bite. I think so. I think so. <laughs> yeah. I think Leah's optimism is like what keeps us going in the really tough times. Because mm. I can be quite like a realist and I'm like, oh, what about this and this and this and this? And he's like, yeah, it's fine. We're going to do it. What are you talking about? And then I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah, we're going to do it. And then we do. And just having that balance of our personalities, I think, keeps us like, you know, grounded, but also it's like always striving for more and better. Mm. Although we screw up with time a lot. Cause I'm like, yeah, we can make oh. that hour journey. And I've just given 45, up. 45, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> just giving it some time. Have you guys, are you in sync cycle wise? We were, we were, for, a while. We were for quite a while. Mm. That would um, make sense. I think it got a bit screwed up when we got really stressed because individually mm. we get stressed at different times. And mm. then obviously that massively affects your period. Yeah. So the stress keeps throwing us off a bit, oh. but we keep, we do keep thinking up. There's a lot of people out there that are like, no, this isn't a thing. Kind of, there is absolutely no way that people sync up, but I don't believe it. Definitely yeah. do. Like yeah. I literally worked in an agency and like all the girls did. And it was oh, like, so it was a dark week. <laughs> like, <laughs> it really was. We and then like, when everyone get the chocolate, like that, it was that basic. The entire office <laughs> yeah. was yeah. dreadful the week yeah and everyone would just be like sending really passive aggressive emails like yeah that's fine as per my last email do you know what I mean like just going for it I'm really interested to hear about so obviously we sent you over guys some questions about the kind of key things that have led you to this point I'm really interested to hear about your life coach oh yeah I forgot that I'd include that that's one. that like I love shit like okay. that tell me about the life coach okay so name Simon North Simon North I don't think he's life coaching anymore Oh. But he was Where was he? where was he in Brighton? In Somerset, no Somerset where I grew up. Right. So sorry for anyone that doesn't live in Somerset and can't get hold of Simon North. But <laughs> was he that amazing? He was amazing. He was absolutely amazing. So I always thought that life was all about kind of you go to school, you go to college, you go to mm-hmm. uni, you get a degree, you get the job that you're going to be in for the rest of your life. And I don't know why, both my parents are self-employed, but I never even thought that was a road. My parents never went to uni. So they mm-hmm. were like, yeah, you're going to go to uni and it's going to be great. Yeah. So that was like the exciting route that we all go on. And my older sister went the same route. And then it was my turn. And I was like, God, I don't want to go to uni at all. And I don't know what I want to do. I'd been studying art, drama, English at college I didn't want to be an artist and I didn't want to go down kind of the dramatic route or drama- dramatic yeah we'll go with that drama drama theatre yeah, yeah. Theater. I didn't want to go down that route yeah um was not good enough at English to achieve anything right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like what the hell do I do now um mm. desperately didn't want to go to uni then I went to see Simon Mm-hmm. literally my whole family were like what are you doing you just go to uni do something you enjoy you'll be fine and I was like but I don't know what job I want to do I don't know what I want to do when I grow up I don't know what I want to be and mm. this idea of like what are you going to mm. be when you're older yeah. was something that I'd never ever got past like college mm. didn't have a clue so then go see Simon he sits me down and literally life coaching is all about finding the answers within yourself which sounds super super cheesy yeah so they just guide you 
into the direction that you can find the answers for yourself. Do you know, this is so random, this has come up again. Spoke to him about the boats in fairness idea. (laughs) (laughs) And was he like, no. (laughs) He actually turned around and was like, you're in a tiny, tiny percentage of people that have a mind that think like this, kind of you're entrepreneurial and that is a Mm. thing. And then I go, well, what am I going to do at uni? How is this going to affect my entire life? And he was like, do something you love. Just do Mm -hmm. something you love. Go to uni about something that you're passionate about, about something you find really, really interesting. And that moment kind of turned my whole head around and went from, I have to know everything right now to actually, I don't need to know anything. Mm. I need to know what I want to do for the next three years. And that's it. Yeah. It was game changing. How did you find him? He was a friend's dad. Ah, okay. I'm just genuinely interested in life coaches in general because I hear people talk about them and I'm like, what do they do? Is it therapy? Is it kind of like... Well, I guess directional it, is, it was definitely directional mm. well no I say this it was finding the answer so okay what do you love what do you really love doing right and then you'd be like oh I love doing xyz or I love I love painting why do you love painting what is it about painting that kind of gives you that enjoyment etc so you find the mm. answers they just guide you on the path to find the answers mm. now bear in mind this was 10 years ago. Yeah. So apologies <laughs> if I've completely ruined life coaching for anyone who might be completely different. That sounds awesome. I also feel that like 18 is such a formative point and you are supposed to know by that point mm. because you're, everything you're doing is leading up to those next stages. Yeah. But it also kind of like what I've realised being that bit older is that you use it all anyway, mm. no matter where mm. you're going. So like you say, all the experience you've got from travelling, it will all come together yeah. and you won't know why but it will. Yeah, I think it's a really hard time though because, and I had it before uni, but I think mm. a lot of people get post-uni. So you've done your degree. Yeah, you had yeah. it. Kind of get through your degree and it might be something that you're interested in, but you're still going, now what? Now what route do I go mm. in? And kind of society, the societal pressures that you go, I have to have a job and I have to do X, Y, Z and I need to know my exact route and I'm going to do exactly what I've always dreamt of doing. Mm. But then you get post-uni and you go, shit, now everything stops and I've got no guidance. I had that because I went through my undergrad and then I went Mm. and did a master's. And Mm. in between my undergraduate and my master's, I went and volunteered and worked in Zambia and Cape Town, all to do with getting onto this master's program. So everything I had done was guiding me towards this really strict career path. Mm. And I hadn't kind of got further than what happens after the master's. And then I got there and it was like, okay, what now? You know, how, how do I get that job that is really in that field that is what everyone says you should get next Mm. how do I get that first placement and then that first thing and it all felt really claustrophobic Mm. and then it was around that same time that we started to talk about on and that's when my mind really opened to you can have lots of different paths yeah and you don't have to have one and you can try something for a while yeah and then you can always use that same knowledge in a different way yeah in that original field or in something completely different like it's okay totally totally agree so is there anything else of your inspirations that we haven't touched upon yet your three things your serendipities that have led you to this place you were next door to each other imagine if you lived in different halls i know how different your lives would have been lives would be completely backwards now i'm convinced that we would have found each other somehow (laughs) i didn't know where that all way would go (laughs) although (laughs) (laughs) no we would have found each other okay so i've got a few questions more business related so Mm -hmm. I feel like we've got to know you guys we kind of know your backgrounds and why you're here let's talk a little bit more about on and where does the name come from it's a German word not pronounced on pronounced one meaning without so it's essentially tampons without all the toxic crap 
Yeah. So it is Oni, but it's on. So yes. I thought it was something to do with the word Yoni. Because <laughs> mm, it's like, you know, Yonic, yeah. Yoni. Yeah. I love it. Everyone has a different... Everyone has yeah, their own little take upon it. it so it means without. That's really it nice. Like that. And then playing on being on your period. Yeah. So lots of puns. Yeah, I think we naively read it as, oh, on. <laughs> that means without. Perfect. I'm on. This is dreamy. And then yeah. Yeah. six months later, we get the harsh reality that it's Oni. <laughs> Oni's quite nice, though. Sounds quite yeah. like, you know, I feel that there should be a little bit more authority around. Like, I'm Oni. Like, <laughs> I'm in my most wise. I love the depth of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, it's like we can we can meditate on it. So what was the feedback like when you first told your family what you were doing? Were they like, what? I think Thanks. I'd I'd done a few different bits and bobs before, so my parents were like, there she goes again. Yeah, like at least it wasn't canoes this time. Yeah. <laughs> my parents were very, very supportive. And I hadn't right. been expecting it. Because mm. my parents haven't been self-employed likely as parents mm-hmm. they've always had jobs they've had really successful careers but a very different type of career sure and then there's me saying all right I've done this undergrad and my master's and I'm not going to do anything in that field yeah um, but you know it's going to take a huge it. risk on the side yeah um but I think they saw how excited I was mm. and how much we were accomplishing in the few months that we started to work on it together and when I said look I don't think I'm going to go applying for any other jobs I'm going to mm. leave this now and start this with Leah they were like okay you're this age like if you're going to do it do it yeah. now yeah and definitely they were they were really supportive surprisingly I think there were a few worries when we invested every single penny yeah, that we that, owned that, <laughs> that was the bit it came back a little bit later and when we said we were raising money because they hadn't ever sort of been in circles where raising money is a thing yeah. I mean nor had we nor had we and so for me to go to my mom and dad and be like we're raising a round of investment for the business it was really overwhelming for them mm. and, and quite scary yeah um, I bet it makes it all real we're like oh she's yeah. got an idea oh shit she's spending some money yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> I think when our first press piece came out though that's when it started getting kind of the families were getting really emotional mm. like, oh my god I saw you in a newspaper oh. I picked up a metro and I saw you <laughs> yeah. and I saw your name in Financial Times and that's you're when... not just messing around yeah. <laughs> this is a real thing <laughs> I think that's when it got really really excited yeah mm. yeah my granny still won't talk about tampons, though. Oh, really? Mine, she goes, are you still doing that thing with the products? I'm like, yeah, the tampons. She's like, mm, that. Oh, my God. I know, it's so funny. But I think it's What did they use? Like, rags? Like, what was there before tampons? They would have used, like, sanitary pads. But I guess in her time, they wouldn't have had the wings on it. Yeah. And you would have had the belt with it attached yeah, it when they were young yeah. wasn't it but I think it's also a generational thing like yeah, we exactly. are kind of as generation a lot more open with mm. kind of well with periods and more mm-hmm. taboo subjects whereas kind of for our grandparents yeah it like, was a totally different time there was so much shame around yeah. it yeah. yeah see going back to that book so Code Red Lisa Lister gotta give her a shout out my favourite book ever <laughs> she basically talks about how like they used to be the red tent so like in real, like going way back and all the women at that time would go and they'd all like end up being in sync and they'd be in sync mm. and they'd go in like retreat to the red tent and they'd like sort shit out. 
because they'd all be like menstruating together. That's amazing. <laughs> it's going to go into her yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, sorry, I'm going to my red tent. And she even says now, <laughs> which is my favourite thing, she's like, you need to really honour when you come on your period. So she's like, yeah. when I get my period, mm. I put like a massive red bow in my hair. And I was like, oh my God. Or like have something red to be like, it's time. That's and, like, actually a really cool idea. Yeah. Read the book. Honestly, she's amazing. Like A couple of years ago, actually, just before we were starting on, my periods completely disappeared. For about mm. a year. Wow. Due to stress. And for me, when they came back, when I'd learned a lot about my body and my cycle and nutrition and everything that mm. I was doing to kind of like reduce those stress levels. Mm. And it came back. Well, first of all, we had a bottle of champagne. Yes. Um, to celebrate. <laughs> Woo, she's here. Exactly. <laughs> she's back. <laughs> and then every month since, when my period comes, around the time that I'm sort of expecting it, mm. I feel really excited. Yeah. Even I can have cramps and I can have a bad period and I can be really pissed off, but... At the end of the day, I'm like, this is my time to like yeah. just breathe, take a relaxed like day, mm. look back at the month. Like, I feel yeah. really happy that it's there. You're already connected to that. Yeah. See, I've got polycystic ovaries, so my periods are really irregular. Mm. So when I do get one, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Mm. But then also, it will fit. I'll work out why I was so crazy yeah. the week yeah. before. Because yeah. if I don't know when, like, if you've got a four week cycle, you're like, okay, this is the point that you might want to give me some space, babes. Mm. Yeah. But I can't do that. I'll just realise that, like, I'm crying at adverts or, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm exactly the same. My boyfriend tracks my period now. I go does he? absolutely that's crazy. A, that's Two a days. good boyfriend. <laughs> no, it's like a wise boyfriend. <laughs> I go absolutely crazy. Two days before my period. Yeah. And it kind of, he knows it's coming and he's like, babe, like, you might be getting kind of a little bit more sensitive around this time. Do you want to punch maybe, him says yeah, that? Yeah, like. literally. I'm like, I know you were trying so hard to say the right words and like yeah. in two days' time, I'll agree with you. But yeah. right now, I'm going to fucking punch you. Yeah. <laughs> right, so you're saying your grandmothers are a little bit, a little bit, um, you know, yeah, a little bit yeah. prim about the situation. Did you have any friends that were just like, what? Two of my guy friends, mm-hmm. I've grown up, they're family friends, grown up with both of them mm-hmm. and we would be in the pub. I remember like, Four or five years ago, being in the pub with them, I couldn't sit down because there was so much blood. And I was like, oh, it's oh, like I don't pain. know if I'm going to be leaking. I don't have any products, but I'm also in pain. Like, I don't know if this is a thing, like a little period dance, like wiggle your wiggle yeah. your hips, be like, loosen it up, get the blood out a bit yeah. more. <laughs> Gyrate, yeah, we all do it. <laughs> and I turned to these two guys, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you stood there? I was like, oh, God, there's just so much blood coming out. And they literally yeah. gagged. Like, this is like four or five years ago, they gagged. Yeah. These same friends now, uh, at the time, they were like, oh, what are you doing? There's that, like, grandparents, like, mm. what, the thing that you're doing, the thing. Now, yeah. kind of a year in, they're like, oh, how's ongoing? How's the periods? Kind of, what kind of feedback are you having? Like, oh. love everything about it. But there are definitely a few, a few friends that, that said strange things. I think, really, the most feedback we got around on was not really about what we were doing specifically, but it was about us starting a business together. And I think yeah. a lot of people underestimated us, maybe. Oh, I'm um, sure. And I'm not saying, you know, directly close friends, but you hear the story like oh Nikki and Leah are starting a business together okay cool and you kind of just yeah. that's it and then I think it's only two years later when they start to see the brand around a lot more and in spaces that they recognize it's like oh, okay they I, were actually doing that like that's yeah. a real thing I think when you do something that's kind of out of the ordinary mm. it makes people it's like when you say you're not drinking mm. they're like well, what do you mean you're not drinking they're like what do you mean you're starting a fucking they're like, I should be starting a business with my friend oh my god and it's like people just get weird because yeah. it makes them feel less than which is really sad mm. because actually it should be inspiring them but whenever you say well I'm gonna go and do this thing that's maybe a little weird for now but it's needed and it's gonna be great yeah they're intimidated basically mm. yeah. and there is nothing more powerful than two women 
hell bent on like fixing periods like yeah. fuck like get out of your way do you know what I mean <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think we also got given a bit of shit because we were literally joined at the hip yeah. like for a really long time it's like oh can Nikki and Leah get any closer <laughs> we like, start business together yeah like is Nikki going to be here too if Leah's invited somewhere like, yeah and yeah. what's going to be um, why is that a problem I know, I know. definitely not so we're talking about on and it's not just tampons it is a menstrual health company so explain a little bit about how I know that you guys do the CBD drops, which mm-hmm. I'm so into. I take it anyway. I, I love CBD oil. Oh, I'm CBD like a little, good little little sleep tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or if you get a bit anxious. Yeah. Hangover as well. Great for Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. The yeah. old beer fear. Yeah. Five <laughs> <laughs> HTP and some CBD oil. <laughs> so on as a company, obviously you do the tampons, which is amazing. But you are a menstrual health company. So what else does that entail? So for us, it's about supporting women, not just on the days that they bleed, Mm -hmm. but all the days around. Love that. Because really your whole life is governed by your cycle. Yeah. And it's not just the days that you're bleeding on your period that matter, but it's the days before where you feel really PMSy or anxious or your skin flares up with hormonal acne, or it's the week where you're ovulating that you're actually super confident and nailing everything. And it's Mm -hmm. understanding how that ebbs and flows Mm. for you personally. So we started with obviously tampons and doing it bespoke to everyone's cycle. Which I love. (laughs) So for us, it was... I'm obsessed with. (laughs) So for us, when we first launched the brand, there were a couple of other period subscription services, Mm -hmm. but none of them would have worked for our cycles. Sure. And so we thought, well, there's got to be more women that don't fit along this really slim trajectory of getting a box of 16 delivered every month yeah and so we're like okay how can we make this more accessible more varied in what you can get Mm. and the cycles of delivery actually matching the fact that women can have periods that go from every two weeks to every eight weeks yeah so that was the original inception of the brand and as we've been going we've been realizing how much more work there is to do around everything else from an online platform with education around menstrual health issues that right now you go online and you search some things that you've got going on with your vagina and you get a little bit scared because you end up on WebMD getting told that you've got cervical cancer. Yeah. The information isn't relatable. It isn't easily digestible mm. and it's not in a voice that you actually want to spend hours reading. So we were like, okay, how can we revolutionize this part of things? Like provide mm. women with content that actually matters. Yeah. By voices that they want to listen to. Then the products that they need around their cycle so that they feel supported in every element mm. of that cycle, not just the products you need when you're bleeding. Amazing. Yeah. That's an excellent answer. Thank you very much. I was involved. <laughs> Moon cups. Mm. How do we feel about them? I personally am a little bit scared of putting a cup up my fanny. Like, I just don't think I want to do it. <laughs> but other people love them. Yeah. yeah. Is that something that you guys would maybe include as what you offer? Or is it kind of like, I don't know about sustainability. Obviously, they're plastic. Mm. Is that something else that... So they're actually silicon. They are. Yeah, silicon. So slightly better for the environment. So definitely okay. better. And obviously you can use them for up to eight years, ten years? I think five. Five years? Generally. Okay, about yeah. five years. So we are all for menstrual cup for anyone yeah. that chooses that and kind of wants that as their period product of choice. Personally, I can't even use a non-applicated tampon. No, I've got I can't. no hope. Can you not? Okay. I can't. You just cannot no. get it out there. Just does not go. No, and like they look quite big, the moon cups. Who's tried? Have you guys tried a moon cup? Have you tried a moon cup? Once. But I didn't get on with it. The people that have them are like, oh my God, they're the best thing yeah. ever. Mm. Do you know what it is for me? 
is if you're like, okay, I'm going to be in the pub and I've got to change my mm. moon cup. Mm. What do you then take it out and like rinse it out in the <laughs> yeah. sink? Like, I'm sure there's many people that here. They're like, I love my moon cup and I would rinse it in the sink if I need to. I just don't think that if you're at home, maybe yeah. it's like a, but then how long can you wear them for? Is it like I think you can wear them for kind of 12, 12 hours. It depends maybe. on your cycle as yeah. well. We've heard from a lot of people that if you have a really, really heavy period, yeah. the moon cup is just not practical. It's Because um, it will just fill up. Yeah. You just got to change it. So I tried, didn't get it up high enough, but also I have a really, really heavy period. So I was yeah. trying to change it every four hours, which for me just wasn't sustainable. But I think kind of we are all four people mm. that opt to use a menstrual cup yeah. and we position ourselves as kind of the alternative if you don't get on with a menstrual cup and as you said people rave about them yeah and it's quite like it's changed my life yeah there's quite a lot of pressure from people who get on with a menstrual cup mm. to kind of convert people, convert people don't who it, yeah. don't and i yeah. think for us kind of i tried and you didn't get on with it when you tried it and for us it was actually offering an alternative that people still loved and people mm. could feel good about and that they would kind of making environmental change as well and using a product that's good for their body so mm. having another option that isn't just a menstrual and taking cup. away the shame as well and yeah. i think yes. there's so much shame around what people decide to use yeah for their period products i know there's a lot of shame around women using pads it's like yeah. oh why would you use a pad just use tampons but if that woman wants to use a pad, she mm. should be able to use a pad. Well, it's Same funny because I used tampons for years and years and years and years and years. And because I've got the PCOS and stuff, I went for a some acupuncture. And she was like, oh, you should let it. Mm. You need mm. to let it let leave it your body. Yeah. I mean, do you guys offer pads as well? Coming soon. Oh, coming mm. soon. soon. Yeah. yeah. And also for me, I sometimes quite like to sleep with a pad on. Yeah. Because mm. so I'm a good mm. sleeper. Like I can go yeah. a good 12 hours. Do you know what I mean? If I've been out on the piss. So like, <laughs> you shouldn't really be leaving your tampon in that long. Like, yeah. Yeah. like you know, as a backup plan. Yeah. yeah. Although I am still intrigued by people that use sponges. I would love sponges? to. Sponges? Yeah, like a, like coral sponge, isn't it? Never met someone. I've seen them for sale. I'd probably need mm. to just buy one. And I mean, let's be honest. Like a, like a sea sponge. Yeah, like a sea sponge. Mm. You can use a sea sponge. I'm not sure how you get it out again. <laughs> Do you know what? I use those sponges in my pottery and they rip really easily. I really? Yeah, you don't want, you don't want to be that person there. at A&E being like, sorry, I've, I've got, got a sea sponge, sponge in my, my badge. Yeah, no. <laughs> get the tweezers, Doris. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> I do want to speak to someone that uses one though. At some point. If anyone yeah. listens, yeah. I guarantee we'll be able to find someone that puts a sponge <laughs> okay, in and they'll yeah. love it. It'll be like the best yeah. thing ever. Well, this is each to their own. And because everyone's Mm. cycle is so unique to them and everyone has such different experiences and they feel so differently. Like I've got a friend and she's like, I've never really had a period pain. And I was just like, oh my God. Do you want me to punch you in the (laughs) (laughs) ovaries? Just so you can have a little little feel. (laughs) And so for her, it was just like, periods are like such a non-event. She was Mm. just like, oh yeah, like a couple of days. I was like, a couple of days. Couple of days. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like literally, like, I get the worst periods. Yeah. Like I get like you know the pain in the legs. That's oh, the worst. Like literally, like radiating pain down my legs. I'm just like everything is just. Oh, we're gonna have to send you some CBD. Blamed. Yeah. Oh, CBD. I've, I've, you can rub it. We've got topical ones. Topical. Um, yeah, you can really. Rub it all over. You can rub it on your legs. You can put lower back. I put it on my tampon as well. Just pop it. Drops on the end of your tampon. Oh my God, that's such a good idea. Yeah, so I think with the CBD, we had been testing it for a few months. Yeah. Different variants of the products like balms and oils and just felt that it made such an impact on how we managed our cycles. So for Leah specifically, it was her pain. Yeah. So putting a few drops of the tampon really helped manage that pain. I never for me, thought it was like my skin as well. Tampon. PMS symptoms made a huge difference for me. And we were like running this community brand. 
yeah. it wasn't really in our pipeline of products to launch, but we just felt like this is something that's going to help people and you we should really do solution. it. Mm-hmm. So, so just going back for the listeners, you guys stock CBD oil specifically yes. for helping women with their menstrual cycle yes. and with pain. So we have a pro-period CBD oil. Yeah. It's a topical one. And there is another, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this yet, but there's another very exciting CBD oil coming very soon. Under the tongue. That's the one that I take. As a business, what would you like to achieve? I know, obviously, you're women-focused first. Mm. But, I mean, you know, global domination, stocked in main high street places. And what's the plan? We're actually avoiding retail okay. at the moment. So everything that we do up until this point is direct to the consumer via our website. And wow. that is because we don't like the positioning of menstrual health products in stores. You kind of see the big signs and it says female hygiene. And we're like, yeah. oh, feminine hygiene. Mm. And you kind of look at that and you're like, no of those two words make any sense. <laughs> like the feminine bit is like not only women bleed, so you're being yeah. really exclusive. And then yeah. the second bit is hygiene. We are not all dirty just because yeah. we bleed. Yeah, so kind of, my God. Yeah, it's super, super frustrating. Mm. So we have stuck like online only at the moment can't see us going in stores at least kind of not your typical high street stores i think we've always said that the big overarching goal is we are going to become the most influential period brand Mm -hmm. because for us it's not necessarily about size but Mm. it's about providing that space where we are pushing boundaries Mm. we're doing things differently we're at the forefront of new products that women want Mm. and making sure that the content around that is breaking boundaries yeah it's acceptable in the space and so for us, controlling that entire experience means that we can play around with that. And we yeah. can really do things a bit more daring than we could do if we were stocked in retail and that sort of thing. Yeah. Achieving as a business is going to be directly to consumer and potentially some other forward-thinking retailers or not. Mm-hmm. Have you had any, like, celebs get involved to be like, yes, we love these tampons? Oh, we've had quite a lot of big influences. Mm-hmm. Celebs. Well, I guess it depends on what you consider a celeb. One of our amazing ambassadors is uh, Gina Martin, and she was the one that launched the campaign to make upskirting illegal. So I'd say that's pretty celeb yeah, status in our yeah. box. And I think that's the kind of community we're building around the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's women achieving amazing things. Yeah. And we want to promote them in return for them also talking about periods yeah. um, and sharing that information with the people that follow them. And it's kind of this mutually beneficial mm. uh, relationship that we have with the people that support the brand. I mean, if there's any celebs that want to get involved and talk about periods, that'd be great. But I bet there are. Yeah, I'm sure there are. I bet there would be. So, in an ideal world, what will menstrual health look like? So, in 10 years' time, we've taken over. Everyone's wearing their on, in, on, however it is. What would that look like? So, I think that looks like everyone having an informed decision. This is going to be all soppy. But everyone having... An informed decision to make the choices that they want that's right for them. That people are using on products, but it means that they're using a product that's right for them. They've made the informed decision to use that product unique for their own cycle. Yeah. People that bleed having autonomy over their bodies. Yes. Yes. Like that a lot. So last question from me. What are the biggest taboos you would like to break around periods? Oh, wow. That is so many. So many. many. For me, a big one kind of not only women bleed. And I think that that is a conversation that isn't had enough. 
I actually had it with an investor recently, not our investor. We did not take money from him, thank God. Yeah. Um, but we were having a conversation. I was saying people that bleed. And he was like, why do you keep saying people? It's women, it's women. Why do you keep saying people? And they're like, you're being kind of so exclusive by saying just women kind of mm. there is a whole range of people that don't identify as a woman that yeah. bleed and have periods and so that's definitely a really really important conversation I think isn't heard enough mm. I think for me it's the it's the taboo around periods for young girls mm. and how strong that is so we've talked a lot about how when I got my first period I was really excited because yeah. my best friend had already got hers so right. it was like, I wanted to be part of that club. Yeah. And she was already experiencing all these things that the older girls experience. And I wanted to be part of that. Then mm. where does it change from where you're excited to be part of that girls group to a few years later when you're so scared of leaking in class? Or shame. You've got mm. such bad cramps, but you don't want to tell anyone that it's your period. So where does that shame element come from? Mm. And how can we work with sort of menstrual health education in schools to kind of just completely wipe that out? then we're basically giving the next generation like a fighting chance at essentially like gender equality because I think periods are something that really still affect how that is played out in society. Yeah, agree. Wow. Very, very inspiring <laughs> stuff, girls. I love it. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for listening to After Hours by Astrid and Mew. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. See you next week.